I'm Ashley, and you're listening to Friends and Strangers. Hey, this is Ashley. Just want to make a quick disclaimer before you continue listening to this episode in which we discuss topics involving mental health, anxiety, depression, and suicide. If you or someone you know is in need, please reference the hotlines left in the description of this episode. You are loved. Stay safe. Enjoy. Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm with Ruth. Ruth, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. So my name is Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> and Ruth, how did we meet? Um, we met officially. Like, yeah. Um, I okay. So I think officially, I saw you like in a meeting. But before that, we were. You went to El Parque. I remember you. And I remember seeing yeah. this this girl with um unique um type of uh, fashion and uh red hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I saw and then all of a sudden uh I don't know how I got your number, but I know that your contact says um Ashley red hair right now in my phone. So that's the way I <laughs> That's <it>. amazing. <laughs> Now I have to change the color because you change your your hair color, but yeah. Um, yeah, I I remember that we we have a lot of mutual friends, so I uh, I knew who you were, but yeah, we did meet at a meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, for an event which already happened, um, but it was really cool. I'm really glad we got to work together on that because you had a lot of great insight, and I think it made the event way better. Yeah, it was nice. I like I like working with you. I have created mine. Um, and uh, thank you. Yeah, Me it was too. nice. It was nice. It was nice working with you. And we're still working together because I think if we're working for Christ, it's a daily thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. So, why don't you give everybody a rundown of who you are? What are you What are you currently up to? Okay, so I am Ruth. Soy Rudy. <laughs> In Puerto Rican, they call me Rudy. My friends, my close friends. Um, okay. I will use a lot of Spanglish from now on, but um, no I, problem. It's totally welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I currently, I'm, I'm currently in a phase that I like to call um, finishing phase uh, de diferentes etapas en la vida. 
And, okay. and right now, uh, I was looking at my life. It's like, what am I going to do when I get out of college? That's my life right now. Wow. What a mood. <laughs> what a mood, right? <laughs> I think you can share this with me a little bit. But um, uh, right now, I'm, I'm currently reading a lot and, and just getting my, uh, to know myself in a different kind of area. It's a lot of changes recently. And uh, that's it. I've, I'm not doing much that's not studying and, um, and working <laughs> with robotics. What are you studying? I study industrial engineering. And okay. it, it's fun. It's great. Uh, I'm almost done. So I think it's, it's one of the things I've done that I love, you know. Esta, una de esas cosas. That's amazing. I yeah. love that. Mm -hmm. Que amo hacer. Y pues, eh, trabajar con las personas. I think you never finish doing that, loving people. Absolutely. Yeah. So what inspired you to do all of that? What was that again, sorry? What inspired you to pursue all of that? I would have to say that um, at first I was... I was not sure what I was doing. Um, but what inspired me the most was I like to work with people. I like to work. Uh, mm. I I'm going to say this, but I, I like to fix stuff. And I'm not necessarily fix people. <laughs> but fix things around people so that people could be more comfortable. That in the, in the engineering way. And um And talking with people and, and knowing people, it's one of the things that I enjoy doing. I think I, 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 in one of our conversations, uh, I have this weird habit of going to places and just sitting and observing people. Uh, acting. Yeah, you told me about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a little awkward at first because you're like, you're, I'm not staring, but I'm, I'm looking at you and, I, and I'm seeing how you're, what are your movements? What do you do? And uh, Yeah, but uh -huh. I feel like that's, a really good source of inspiration. Yeah. Because when you can't see yourself in those moments. You don't know what you're like. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely like doing nothing, you know? When you're just sitting there or writing or working or something. You don't know what you look like in those moments, mm -hmm. you know? You can't catch capture yourself in inspiration. So it's really interesting to watch other people in that state. Yes. Totally. And one of the things, you know, I, I, I think I just told you that I was not sure what, about what I was going to do. Um, but what inspired me to do what I do is actually people. I can't say anything else that's not people. And then when you have like this confidence in that you're, you're sure what you're doing, I think it's God working with your, with yeah, your heart. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, now that we've uh, gotten to know you a little bit, uh, the reason we we decided we were going to do this, we were going to have a little chat, mm -hmm. was because we wanted to talk about a specific topic, which would be uh, like mental health and talking about mental health specifically, starting those conversations mm -hmm. in the church. So what do you think is the current state of the church's relationship with mental health? It could be better. Um, mm. I, it could be better, and, and, and I think 
maybe we're not realizing how bad it is or we're just uh, taking it for granted most of the time or we over-spiritualize stuff. That's another thing. Um, I think that currently uh, church leaders should get to know more information about what mental health is. Um, Not because we're taking God aside, no, because I think God is the prime, you know, that's that doesn't take out the fact that he gave us this certain herramientas for us to work out some certain um topics so i i think we could i think we could get um better at this you know find more uh more sources and talk about stuff in church i don't know if it, for sure yeah i was gonna ask you like what do you think like i think that's uh, yeah, what do I think? I feel like on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> it really depends on the church. <laughs> True. Um, but uh, if we're talking about like the global church, which we should, um, I think we're we're halfway there. We're having conversations, mm-hmm. but I feel like we have the conversations a little too late. Yeah, we wait until someone's gone. We wait until someone has left the church, has uh, gone to extreme lengths, um, has called out for help several times, and we're always too late. Mm-hmm. We're willing to have the conversations once someone has already proven that they're in danger. And I feel like that's the worst moment to have those conversations. Uh, yeah. We need to have them beforehand and give people the tools to deal with their problems before bad things happen, you know? Yes, um, I... It's like a prevention type of stage we have to we have to do. Yeah. And and if we go to the Bible, it's it's clear that there's that there's ways we could do this, you know. Um Yeah. And, you don't wait until uh, someone has diabetes to yeah. tell them they should <laughs> do things to prevent diabetes. You know, you just don't eat as much sugar or you uh take care of yourself if you know that runs in your family you know there's certain uh things that you do beforehand before you are finally diagnosed with diabetes and i feel like we don't have the luxury of treating mental health in a different way we have to see it as if when we try mental health we're actually working with the spiritual health as well um absolutely it's it's not a separate thing. It's a joint thing. Um, we are we are made in a certain way that our mind, our soul, uh, our spirit, and our bodies, all four. It's all connected. Yeah, they connect to each other, and we're made that way because God made us that way, uh, and He made us through His image, right? For His for His glory. And if we're made of, uh, if mankind is made of those four things, I think if we just forget one of them, the other, mm-hmm. there's not a balance, you know, everything could come, yeah, crumble stop, down. It stops to, starts to malfunction. Yeah. And um, it, we should, we should care more about it. And we have, we have to see it as, is an equal thing. Um, it's equally important to go to the gym uh to get 
your uh, body working out because your your body needs it. You know, you can't be sedentary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sedentary. The, yeah, that's the word. <laughs> uh, and and at the same time, you go to the doctors because you feel physically something. If I, I had a fever not too long ago, and and I'm like, why do I have a fever? I feel so bad. And um, I went yeah. to the doctors. And I had that, and I had that, uh, that courage. It, it was not even courage. I just went, you know, because it's something you do. Yeah, it's normal. And then for for treating your mental health, somehow you have to find the courage to speak to another person. Uh, and it shouldn't be that way. It should be more, more as normal. Yeah, more <laughs> more, nor- more normal. Uh, and and yeah. yeah. So why do you think there's a disconnect between what the church thinks about mental health and what it actually is? I'm going to speak uh, in terms of Puerto Rico right now. So I was talking about like, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about we over spiritualized stuff, right? So we tell yeah. people, hey, all you have to do is go pray, right? And then you're, yeah. you go pray. Awesome. But at the same time, that's not the solution to the problem. And I think people in church are scared. Some people are scared to, to find themselves with these different situations. Because we've created in our mind that we have different kinds of sin. You know, if you kill someone, that's a sin. But that's major a major saying than... Maybe yeah, talking like bad about one. Yeah, there you go. Um, at the same time, we see, we know that mental health normally carries depression. And I, I'm not a psychologist, you know, but let's make that clear. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, we, we could see how people react. And I think that the church leaders are not maybe understanding and they're scared to make the approach and we need to we need to gather more people more people in church to get to know each other to talk to each other we were not made to be alone and that is one of the points I want to make very clear like today because we were not made to be alone like God actually saw um Adam and he was like it's not good for you to be alone and he he gave him company and then we showed up in the you know in these equation (laughs) (laughs) and 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 then we see later on when Jesus comes and he and he says you've you've heard but all of a sudden I he adds the fact that you have to love one another. So the caring for one another is very important. If we don't understand that as a, as a whole, maybe, maybe that's what's bringing us to a, I'm going to say this like, entre, entre estas do, dos situaciones. I don't know if that answered your question, yeah. but... <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. I I understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's just not enough going around about what mm-hmm. it truly is to be mentally ill or mentally healthy. It's just if you are struggling with your mental health, you must be uh, wrong spiritually. You must not be doing things the right way. The, the way that we have set in stone, just like to, oh, you have to go to church and you have to go, be a leader and you have to be this and you have to be that. And it's just a lot of like subjective things that aren't necessarily spiritual. Mm-hmm. And when our churches don't have a focus on what is truly a relationship with God, then the way we manage mental health will reflect that. And that got, that uh, brings me to the next question, okay. which is what stereotypes or preconceived notions do you think people in church have about mental health? I think that's one of them. Like, you, you should have done something wrong. That that means yeah. you're not you're not praying enough. That's that's one of the things that they that that we hear a lot. At least I do. I don't know if you do, but you're not praying yeah, enough. Sure. They mm-hmm. they act like if you're gonna read a psalm and you're instantly gonna be healed. Like <laughs> I've I've read scripture and felt very like motivated by it and just felt really like connected to God. Like I'm truly hearing him speak to me, but most of the connection I've had with scripture is when I apply it to my life and not necessarily when I read it, looking for God to give me something, you know, it's just like a selfish way to approach scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think it's not telling the person go read the Bible or you should read the Bible more often. No. Um, I think it's more about teaching and being there for people. Like yesterday I went to this, um, it's like a little seminar they gave us and they was, they were showing us how to actually care when people are going to, are talking to you about a certain situation and how to drive the conversation towards Christ. Cause it's our main focus. But at the same time, to identify what's actually going wrong in his mind. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to But isn't it crazy that mm-hmm. that's something that has to be taught in the first place? Yeah, it's crazy. Because why does it have to... I, I think it should be common sense. I don't know. But for most people, it's not. Because selfishness takes us a long way, you know? Uh, yeah, I've been in that spot too before where someone's telling me something like really personal or like that means a lot to them and I do care I really truly do care but like it's like the words in the moment like do I say a lot and try to like motivate them and tell them do this do this do that give them a lot of advice or would that be like going too far should I just listen and just like be careful and just like let them know that I'm just here to listen to what they have to say you know uh, where's the balance? What do I do? You know, it's mm-hmm. walking on eggshells. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things I was I was analyzing was that it is important for us to to do listen, but to act 
ask questions. For example, if you're in this conversation with this person and it's something very personal, like dating, um, I could I could get to ask, hey, what do you want me to do for you? And it's weird because people are not expecting that question. Yeah. People are expecting, oh, this person is going to tell me to read the Bible. Or maybe this person is just going to tell me their life experience. And then somehow or I have say, to. Like, Don't worry, it'll pass. Yeah, that's no, that's a no, no. Right now, that's, that's, that's the no-no. last thing people want to hear. <laughs> yes, because eventually it might. Th- that's the that's the whole point of this, you know, eventually it's a uh, it's a thing that's going to be fixed or maybe or maybe yeah. not. You cannot promise a person, hey, this is going to be fixed. Don't worry. No, because a person is right now they're they're actually worrying about what's going on. Um, but telling them, hey, what do you want me to do for you right now? Do you want me just pray or do you want me uh, to to call someone? Do you want me to be there for you? Do you actually want to cry right now and mm-hmm. and just have a shoulder to lean on right now? Like those things are very important. Um, not taking God aside, I think one of the uh, one of the stories I love to this conversation, I think, was the way David worked out with his situations. You know. Um, there's a thing I like to call helping people how to train their souls. It's weird. It's a weird thing. And it's weird to say it because we don't talk about it. But most of our problems come from our soul. And there's a Spanish song, like there's a song in Spanish, sorry, not Spanish song. Um, that's, Alma mía, alaba Jehová, you know, and it's a psalm. It's Psalm 42, verse 5, and then verse 11. Whereas actually David training his soul to praise God and training his soul, hey, you don't have to be eh, sad in this guy. And in this case, I think it says sad. But at the same time, in the same psalm is like, okay, God, but where are you? Is this is this connection? Like, where 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 are you right now with me? Why do I feel so alone? Uh, I think that talking to people and, and and making sure we're understanding the situation by asking questions, we could get to yeah. a better place. And 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 something we might have as as a Christian as Christian family. It's family. <laughs> I was trying to say that a better way, but the thing that we should have in churches, it's a family. It's, it's that person and that, las personas a las que tú vas y tú le hablas en confianza. It should be a zone, a, a, a place where you feel confident of what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, create the space. Yeah. We should create more spaces. We should create more circles and talk about stuff. Not not being yeah, afraid. Yeah, that's what people are looking for. Yeah. If they were looking for somewhere to go listen to someone talk for an hour and some people sing, they could go watch TV or something, you know. They're looking, when people go to church, they're looking for a space where they can find community, where they can find people like them 
and where they can connect with God. And I feel like the biggest way that I've connected with God has been through people. Because I feel like he's he loves me through his people loving me. Mm-hmm. So when we make the spaces in our churches to love people, we are showing them that God loves them. And they're not feeling our love. They're feeling God's love. So, yeah, I truly agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I'd like to ask, uh, what do you think churches are doing and not doing that do not help people struggling with mental health? Oh, good question. I think it's making assumptions of people of what what things they're doing. I think we're starting to care about it. Um, one of the things that got me to talk about this is that not not too long ago we had a pastor that took his own life up. You know, I forgot his name. Yeah. I don't know if you remember his name, but I don't remember. Jared Wilson. Oh, there we go. And um. We, we, we as a church, and I include myself because I've been, I've done things wrong as well in approaching these type of situations. But I think if we follow the biblical way of Jesus working with people, it will help more. Like, for example, um, let's not make an assumption of, let, let's 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 do an example. Let's not make an assumption that this guy came in church and says he has a suicidal thought. I'm, I'm going I'm going way too far, but let's go into the worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, just thinking about and it. By the way, uh-huh. just a, a disclaimer: we are uh, to everyone listening. We're trying to give you the tools. Start the conversation so you can start a conversation not so you can tell people what to do and not do about their mental health uh we're helping you create the space so that they can get help yes yes we are not professionals like when we were going to do this the the conversations when we're going to approach someone we cannot go and, and and play being a psychiatrist or a psychologist we cannot do that because we could hurt more than we could help. So yeah, starting our conversation could lead us to know what we should recommend or maybe do with this person, you know? Do is a, is a hard word, but um, maybe help this person to do. That's the word I want to use. <clears throat> but when we have this situation and the person told you so. It is your job to do two important things. Three jobs, sorry. You have three, three things to do. <laughs> you have to listen. You have to ask. And you have to care. So if you, if you listen, it'll take you to ask questions. And then it'll take you to actually care about the situation. And for us to work around this, like, for example, Peter, there was this, there was this situation and they called him screaming. Hey, they screamed his name. Hey, you have to come here. Someone's dying right now. And he ran 
And he did not only listen to the situation, he act upon it. Is that how you say that? Yeah. He Yeah. He actually did something. And with the caring part, you know, and and I, I think it's in I don't know, I remember, but I think it's an Hos. Is it Acts? Yeah. Chapter yeah. chapter nine at the end, I think. He is actually caring for this person. And the thing that I love the most is that through that, a lot of people came to Christ. Not only because he had, there was actually a miracle going on, the person was dead and then came alive. But at the same time, it was the caring part. We have to make a, a, a big note on it, you know? So we had this person in church coming with a suicidal thought and we're listening to his problem. We're asking questions to see the how of a big or small scale it is. And then with that, having a conversation with this person will take us to know more about the person. And I think that's, I, I think Ashley and people listening, that's the most important thing we have to care for. Um, with this, we could bring people to know more about God and the Bible. Not, I don't, I'm going to use this. It's not about shoving the Bible to the person, teaching them how you use the Bible. Like you were saying, the Bible, when you, when you la aplicas a tu vida, it's when actually it's going to work. If I'm going to say that way, if you just read it and you yeah. don't, act upon it and you don't work up work with it it's gonna it's gonna get in, into maybe you'll feel more guilty about it you know if i start reading what happens to a person that that committed adultery and i have done that and i see all the implications that 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 are in the bible i could I, it could get worse you know but if i had someone i'm gonna use you for example You actually come to me and you're like, hey, you know what? The Bible says this, but don't don't worry. Look about look at this other verse that talks about what Jesus actually told us if we do this, you know, and then you have this part where where you guiding where you are guiding a person towards Jesus. But at the same time, working with this mental and spiritual health, you know. Um, I don't yeah. know if, if that's enough, but I think I think that's one of yeah, the things we should sure. care about. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like people just want to be cared for. And us as friends, as siblings, as daughters, brothers, um, we have the responsibility to be uh, kind and generous and to care for people and help them feel comfortable talking about these things, even if we aren't the best equipped to tell them everything that they need to fix things, but just to create that bond, that space where they can feel safe. Um, what would you say to someone who has found it difficult to open up about their mental health struggles. What should they look for in a person to open up to? They should look for a person that 
that is willing to help, right? But maybe that's difficult to just, okay, I'm looking at the church. I'm looking at my uh, my surroundings. Who do I pick? Like, I see this girl with red hair. Should I pick her? Should I pick... (laughs) Should I pick um, the, the bald guy? Who, who should I pick? I think it's to have courage. You should have courage. Ask God for wisdom. And talk about it. Start talking about it. And it's yeah. the, like, es la responsabilidad of that other person for example, that red hair girl that I saw at church <laughs> and I started to reach out to her. It is Ashley's um, responsibility to be careful um, and to take care of this person as a human being, you know? So I would advise that that's struggling right now with any type of things. Let it be There's no small problem. It's a problem, you know? So if it's Mm -hmm. a problem, it needs a solution. But don't look at it as I need a solution now. I need to work my way towards the solution. So how do I do that? (laughs) The process. There you go. That's that's important. The process is important because it makes us grow. Not only you, but the person. Everyone hates that word, though. Like, process like you know even like microwave meals are meant to be like uh (laughs) convenient and it says more than two minutes and you're like nah nah i'm (laughs) gonna eat something else (laughs) yeah it's it's the process is it's it's you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna be totally honest with you guys i've been in college for eight years that's long you know but at the same time I see how my my life has changed, and maybe I've struggled in 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 looking at the way. Hey, eventually I'll graduate, you know, and and I've stuck my mind into, hey, why haven't like all my friends are getting married? You know, I don't know if you said if you thought about this, but all my friends are getting married, all my friends are having kids, and here I am still studying my way out. But at the same time, I've seen that through the process, I've become, and I, I'm looking towards a solution that maybe in this case is I want to graduate. But all the things I've learned in the, those eight years uh, of being in, in school, in college, I've learned how to care for people. But not only that, I've made my own mistakes. And I've seen how people have reached out to me in both ways in in the kind of in the kind way and then in the hostile maybe gross way and i've seen the the change you you built as a person if it wasn't for this eight years i wouldn't maybe i wouldn't known you uh and and that's very (laughs) important i think important for me and and it's learning how to understand the purpose of god in our lives if we don't and we don't get to understand that that's what why is important for us in church to to preach more about what god's purpose is when within us than about anything else that it also leads us to jesus because it's what we struggle with and and this process that we go through 
it takes time. And I know you don't want to start the microwave for two minutes because you're very hungry. I understand. <laughs> that. <laughs> but at the same time, if we look at it as, you know, that they say, I'm just going to say, el pago pasa doble trabajo. Um, yeah. <laughs> if we look for shortcuts, it could be dangerous. If we, if we look yeah. for shortcuts, it could be. We, we, si yo no he sanado una parte de mi vida, it is going to be very difficult for me to keep going. And then when I find myself with another situation, another problem, I'm, I'm still carrying the, the, the other problem just because I didn't wait two minutes. Yeah, the... and the smallest thing will just make you pop. Yeah, yeah, it, it has happened to me. And I'm going to tell you what, I, what I've done. I've learned how to be vulnerable. Is that how do you say that? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah, there you go. And it's difficult because we don't like to be vulnerable. But it's what's going to help us talk to people. At the same time, yeah. when, when, when we are the person that, that has been, you know, people reach out to you, you have to learn to keep it to yourself. That's another thing churches should learn. Mm -hmm. Keep it to yourself. Is this person talking to you, taking their heart out, out their their hearts and giving them to you? And and at the and at a certain point, you are responsible for that. And God has made us responsible for certain people. For example, pastors. Pastors mm -hmm. go through a lot. And I want I wanted to take this this time. I don't know if I should, but I'm gonna ask you permission now. <laughs> pastors go Do through it. a lot. <laughs> Uh, and we saw this pastor, this pastor that that took his own life. They go through a lot, and we think as church member members that ah, he's a pastor. No, he's a human being. He's also here with a certain uh, responsibility, maybe more than what we have, but at the same time, he's still human. He's still a person that thinks about life. He thinks about the thing he has done wrong, wrong, and it could take them that far. I cannot say that a person that is thinking about suicidal does not have God in their in their hearts. No, I just think that these people are struggling with making it work. You know, maybe struggling with thinking. What should I be doing? And going back to the pastor, not only a pastor, you know, church leaders. And, and I think your last the episode you have with Alexandra got into my heart because I was going through some stuff. I don't remember the title of the podcast. I don't know if you do, but. Yeah, it was about uh, becoming an adult in your childhood church. Yeah. And, and you as a leader... In church, if we if we take it like you grow you grew in this church and then you become a leader in your church, it becomes nerve wracking. It becomes like impossible. You think you're not doing enough for Christ, not enough for these people. You think that you're not caring enough, and it and it gives up to this bubble where it bursts. If you it, it will burst in a bad way if you don't if you don't take care of it. As for example, let's use a balloon. 
if I blow up a balloon, it's already full. If I have someone that is actually taking my balloon and slowly emptying it, like taking the air off of the balloon, mm-hmm. it's going to be less hurtful. It's going to hurt because it's a balloon, you know, it's big and, it, and it's shrink, shrinking, but it's going to still work. If I have a balloon and I just pop it, you won't have a balloon, you know, it'll go, it'll, it, it's going to be difficult for you to put the, like the pieces together to make a new balloon. If you have people in your life that are there to help you with that balloon and, and taking the air out, it's way more, e- e- it's easier, way more easier, but it's easier uh, just to make it clear. And with the pastors and leaders, sometimes they don't go to other people because they think that they don't have to or they, they, they shouldn't. And I, and I think that's wrong. I think we're all family and we're all here together, including the leaders. So I know that, that uh, you're, you're a leader. You're a creative leader. That's what I like to call you. I don't know if you like it, but I just, <laughs> I'm like, she's a creative like leader. <laughs> yeah, you should put now that in your podcast. That she's a creative leader. Because <laughs> you take people to, you take people to certain places with your, with, with the way that God has made you a certain, you know, with certain abilities. So we've we've struggled. I, I think I've struggled. I don't know if you share the same thing, but I've struggled a lot with with different things. And if and mm-hmm. and it gets better when you have someone to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, what has been the most helpful thing someone has told you, done for you, or you've discovered on your own that has personally helped you with? your mental health and your relationship with God and church? Mm, I have to say the words and phrases that one of my best friends, she's now my best friend, <laughs> one of them, she says, I'm here. And, and when she said, I'm here, it got to me. Because she didn't finish there. She says, I'm here, but God is always there. And I could count on a human being that's occupied. I could count on that person. I have that physical person, but I also could count on God every day. And one time my mom said, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what, what's going on. Remember that there's a solution to each problem, but there's a process to that solution. And it could take the time it needs to take. That's another thing I've learned. Taking the time it needs to take. But learning that you have to act upon it. Carefully, baby steps. Taking it one day at a time. Learning two things. That I'm here. A person telling you I'm here. And God saying, hey, I'm always here. And if you don't have that person that says, hey, I'm here, I'm going to say I'm here. And I know Ashley would would be, you know. For sure. You're with, we're here. 
You know, I and really like God's that always phrase. there. I really like yeah. that phrase. I'm here because it's very biblical. Uh, yeah, it, like it. Who was it that said, uh, "Here I am"? You said Jesus. Wait, no, no, no. The, the other guy. <laughs> Why can't oh, I remember oh. this? Um, that God called out to him, and various times in the oh. night. And he was ah oh, the Emaki. It was yeah, it yeah. Samuel. Wait. Wait, I think it was Samuel. I think I don't remember. But yeah, like, I remember the story though. <laughs> I feel like I can never remember <laughs> this where things are found when I'm recording. Like I'll, I'll snap it to you any other time <laughs> when I'm recording. I never <laughs> remember. But yeah, uh, he said. God was calling out to him in the night various times, and he was sleeping, but he kept getting up. And the last one, he's just like, God, here I am. Send me. And I feel like that's something mm-hmm. that we can constantly say to people that will mean something to them. So yeah. uh, I just want to let everyone know that um, if you are struggling there are resources. I will leave the hotlines in the description of this podcast, of this episode, and uh, please reach out if you are struggling. Um, n- not necessarily to me, though that, that door is completely open, but to someone that you truly trust and you believe has your back, is nearby, and can help you get the, the resources and the help that you need. Um, yeah. You know, scripture is healing, and it's when you're applying it to your life, like we were saying earlier, it's healing, and what God says is true about you, mm-hmm. about your purpose, and yes. um, maybe you're struggling in church to find um, these people who will say these things to you, um, but keep searching. Keep going. If you open up to someone and they don't respond the right way, or they're not kind, or it's just not what you wanted to hear, keep trying. Go to the next person. I trust be someone who loves and cares for you and wants the best for you. Um, yes. Ruth, where can our friends find you? They can find me in my ways. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, like you mean social media, right? Because that's what we yeah, use now. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to plug. So I, I use Instagram. I love Instagram. I don't know my username. You know, this is so difficult. I just, I'll look for it. <laughs> but in Facebook, um, I, my whole name, uh, Ruth Marie Rivera Godai, all that. You'll find me there. <laughs> And then on on Instagram, uh, it's Ruth C W eight. So my my first name W and a number eight. And you can find me there. And uh, and and yeah, that's it. Awesome. Uh, you can also mm-hmm. find me online as at Ashley O-O Acevedo. That's A C E V E D O on Instagram and Twitter. Um, 
go ahead and follow me. <laughs> uh, thanks mm-hmm. for joining me today, Ruth. I really appreciate appreciate you chatting with me about all of this. And thank you to our friends listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so more friends and strangers can find the show. If you wanted to go the extra mile, you can become a monthly supporter of this podcast. More information on the show's page on anchor.com. You can also share this podcast with all your pals. Every bit of support is super helpful. From the very bottom of my heart, thank you. See you next time. Bye.